welcome to episode 16 of The Authentic Mama. This is Amy Mulder, and this is part one of our series on It Takes a Village. Join me and Reverend Dana Farr as we talk about how to encounter our village, how to appreciate our village, and what it takes to live in community as we raise our children. Part one of It Takes a Village, The Authentic Mama, starts now. listening to The Authentic Mama. This is Amy Mulder with actual makeup on today, so I'm feeling quite ready for my day. And I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. Our topic is It Takes a Village, because I think all of us use our village. So my special guest today is Dana Farr, who is my amazing sister-in-law. She is also a pastor. She has um, her master's degree in counseling, and she is also a social worker um, who deals with CPS removal. So I'm really hoping none of you have met her that way. But... um, But I'd like to, and we're talking about the village, Dana. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm glad to be able to be a part. I'm so excited for you on your podcast journey, but I'm glad I get to be a part of it. I'm I'm glad for you. Now, Dana is also mom to my niece, Eleanor, and my nephew, Jensen. And I'm super excited to have Jensen and Eleanor's mama here. Um, I just want to let you know that we really do agree, Devin and I, that Jensen is like an adorable baby. Now, Eleanor was a beautiful baby too, but he's more like something with his face. He's more filled out because Eleanor is the cutest thing, but he is a real cute. Eleanor didn't go very well. Yeah. 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 He's got those nice little full cheeks. Yes. Yeah. She was a teeny little thing and he's, he's kind of a little full grown man and an infant body. I know. (laughs) When he gets his comb over, you're gonna have to do like a photo shoot with like the comb over. Yes, with the the comb over. He won't have a comb over. I don't know. All little boys seem to have a comb over. Alrighty, so Dane, tell us about you. Just kind of intro in your momhood and this and all about you. So you did a really great job um, of kind of describing who I am, but um, I am mama to Eleanor, who is four, and Jensen, who is just two and a half months old. So um, obviously, if you're, you mamas of more than one out there know that adding another one is a whole new ball game and a whole new journey, <laughs> and um, I'm adjusting to that. Um, so that's a, a good thing. Um, it's been the hardest love- thing. What's been the hardest thing about going from one to two? That is a good question. Getting out the door. Getting out the door was always hard to begin with. (laughs) Now I'm just like, now it's just like, oh, we're supposed to be there at 10. We'll see you at 1245. I mean, that's what it feels like. Let me tell you, when we moved here and I added Tucker to from two to three, I would start at 4.30 in the morning and I was still an hour late to school. (laughs) And how is that possible? It's like, I I could get up at two in the morning and still be an hour late. And I, we were leaving the house the other day and I'm in the car. We were with my mom and Matt and the kids and I'm in the van. Actually, we were on our way to the the track meet and I'm like, out out loud, I'm like, 
okay, I've got the diaper bag. I added extra wipes. I put an extra outfit in. Like I'm going through all these things. And then I pause. I'm like, oh, Matt, stop. We have to run back in and grab this because I forgot, you know, my nursing cover or whatever. And so we, you know, we get halfway down the road and Matt's like, I'm going to start making you a list that you have to check off. And I said, oh, oh my so word. That you think I don't have a list. That's so cute. You think I don't have a list. Oh my, that's amazing. Like, no, it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable the amount of stuff. I don't it even is. know. I it just is. will never get over it. So Dane, what's your favorite part as you're doing this adjustment? What's your favorite part about being a mom? Where do you think you like thrive in momness? Uh, well, I mean, my favorite answer. part is <laughs> what? You have to have an answer. Sometimes I ask this question, people are like, I suck as a mom. I'm no. like, no, that is I can favorite. tell you, I can tell you my favorite part. I don't feel like there's much. I know when we were talking about podcasts originally, and you were like, you know, I'd like you to come on my podcast. I'm like, oh, I'm not an expert at anything with momming. And I said, like, that didn't you need to be in my podcast? Because this is the podcast for all the moms on the struggle bus and are willing to admit they are yeah. on the struggle like bus. Like what kind of mom is my kind of mom is, not, is, not, <laughs> is an interesting question. Um, no, but you know what my favorite thing is right now um, in the baby stage is that um, Jensen is starting to make that eye contact and connect. Yeah. And so like in the mornings, um, and you sound sappy, but it's true. It sounds cheesy, but in the mornings when I wake up and I look over his bassinet and I say, hi, little handsome man. And he just, he lights up and coos. And, um, that's my favorite part of that. And then right now I'm, I'm really loving seeing how Eleanor is taking on this role of big sister. And she is so good. I was so worried because she was an only child for so long and we really doted on her. And, um, (laughs) I was so worried and she just, she shines as a, a big sister. I mean, if well, there was a role she, she was, was meant to play as a child. I think she was born to be a big sister. I think there's certain kids. I was always concerned about the jealousy thing too. I was always worried about that, especially when we had Tucker and Cooper was only 17 months old. Yeah, so I was close really together. worried. And I just looked at the video the other day and he was just, this is my brother. Like this is, this is a gift for me too. Yeah. I don't think the jealousy thing is necessarily like, like given. I don't think it has to be that way. No. And I mean, there are certainly obviously moments, you know, there were moments Eleanor said, I broke my heart about four, maybe not even four weeks, three weeks after we got home from the hospital and she was crying in her room and Matt, Matt went in to talk to her and he came out and he said, okay, mama, you need to go on and have a conversation. And her whole thing was you only ever nurse Jensen in the rocking chair. You don't rock me anymore. And I just was like, well, you haven't wanted to rock for like three years, you know, and now, you know, so there's certainly moments, but um, great moment. So what did you say to her? How did that end? I I said to her, you know, you're right that right now my time is going to Jensen rocking in the rocking chair. And I am sorry that has to hurt your feelings when it was your, you know, your rocking chair, that it was you and mommy for years. We just rocked together. And I said, I, you know, I thought that you'd grown, that you'd grown out of that, but if you hadn't, that's okay. And you can just say to mommy, can you rock me? And I'll rock you. So I've taken some time to do some at, at night, you know, I, for an hour every night, I need you to just take Jensen and be the one who's primarily responsible for him. I mean, Matt and I, we don't like, it's not like I'm primarily responsible for our kids, but you know, take some time where I'm not right. My attention isn't on him because he's a newborn baby. So naturally my attention is on him and uh, let me just spend time with Eleanor. And um, most of the time, honestly, for her, most of the time it's just snuggling. She just wants to snuggle and watch a TV show or snuggle and talk or, 
you know, whatever, but that's helped a lot, but yeah, no. So that was a long roundabout way of answering your question, but, um, I, you know, I loved, I, I told Matt this a while ago. I loved where we were at for four years with Eleanor. For four years with Eleanor, I just loved our, our little family. And it was really hard for me when, when we were pregnant with Jensen as it was getting closer. I was really worried that I wouldn't love I know. our new dynamic because I know, yeah. It was so good the way it was. Um, not that we, I mean, we wanted um, Jensen, we wanted a sibling for Eleanor, but I was just so worried about it. And um, honestly, I love our new little family. Like, you know, I love the new dynamic and it's tiring. I'm exhausted all of the time. In fact, if, you know, Amy, you're going to see me sipping coffee throughout this whole thing because I don't go anywhere without no, caffeine now. Here we go. Here we go. No, <laughs> I will tell you, I will tell you, I was concerned about that too when we were adding to the family, like, how will I love anybody more than Ford? How will I love anybody more than Cooper? And, you know, yes. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but we were talking vasectomy for Co- for Devin after Cooper. Like, yeah. We were talking yeah, I vasectomy. Do. Surprise, and then, Tucker. And then Tucker was coming and I was doubly like freaking out. And it's amazing how there just is room. They're just as yeah. your, your love just gets bigger and bigger. And it's just a great, yeah. Thing. You know, I read the other day that your love, um, multiplies, it doesn't divide. And, and as a mom, I don't know why we think that it would, I don't know. I know, but I thought I'm like, I don't, I don't, you know, and I remember thinking too, I remember telling Matt, what if I can't love this baby? Like I love I Eleanor. Know, I know, you know, so anyway, but you know, we're adjusting and we're still, I still am sleep deprived no matter how much, no matter how long Jensen sleeps. For some reason, I'm still up in the middle of the night with him. I have, um, no, I have no idea. I have no advice. I have no advice. I don't have. Yeah. No. I have just recently gotten sleep, but I use the calm app and I make myself <laughs> go to bed. So Matthew McConaughey puts me to sleep. I'm sorry. That's, That's nice. I don't know. If sorry, Devin. Jealous, but, well, <laughs> All that he gives me is the CPAP machine. So anyway, all right. So I was just going to say, Devin's not necessarily the calming voice type. No. So, and he's my brother, so I can say that. No. So yeah. So as far as what, I mean, I think your question was, what am I loving right now? I don't know necessarily what I'm excelling at right now. <laughs> yeah. well, I, when you find the thing that you feel like you're excelling at, just let me know because I don't have a day because we, we don't get to catch up. What's the hardest thing for me is that, once I figure out what I can do for my 14 year old Ford, it never works for my 12 year old Cooper yep. and it never works for Tucker. So, I mean, I just never know what I'm doing. So I'm excelling at chaos. That's what I've decided. <laughs> there you go. So what's your biggest challenge? When, when are you ready to throw in the towel? Like, um, by this, I mean, for me, there were days when Devin would come home from work and I would just throw the children at him and go drive. I just needed to get out of there. Like, like that itchy feeling like I'm going to lose my mind. So what is your, so what's your yeah. big challenge? So I would say two things are my big challenge. I, um, with, with both Eleanor and with Jensen, I've struggled with postpartum anxiety and depression yeah. and that anxiety piece is really strong for me. And I, I typically have anxiety in general. Anyway, I'm a more anxious, I run more anxious. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. but the, there have been, um, evenings are really hard for me for some reason, I think, cause I use all my energy during the day and then I get to the evening. And so, um, that postpartum anxiety has been, a. uh, 
a hard one for me. And I found that when I'm doing more things than I should, I don't have as much reserve to give. Um, but I would say the other thing is that I, I love my kiddos, but when they're extra whiny, yeah. when they're extra whiny and it gets the end, I can do, I can do upset. I can do angry. I can do yeah, the, the, sad. The whiny is the, my pet peeve. Yeah. The whiny voice is my pet peeve. Absolutely. That's the, it's the voice. Actually, that's the piece to me. The voice yeah. is exactly. And I, and I, and I, I say this with all love last night. I said to my daughter, you are not going to talk to me in that voice again. <laughs> and it was, she wasn't talking back. She was whining. And I just was like, I don't do whiny. No, it's not happening. Leave the room, mm-hmm. calm yourself down, come back and try this whole conversation over again, not whining. And she comes back and she goes, mommy, I'm not going to do the whiny voice. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. Well, and I even say Tucker's, to her, Tucker's little baby voice that he was trying on and would not. Yes. And I'm like, you will not do this voice anymore. But mommy, it's my cute voice. I said, it's not happening anymore. You are now four. I think he was four when we yeah. said, nope. nope. And it no. said, you will not, no, you are four. You will be older. Ugh. Yeah. I can't stand Well, it. and I, I even said to Eleanor, I have, I have room for all of your emotions. If you want to be sad, be sad. If you want to be angry, be you angry. If you want to be happy, like, yeah. it's, yes, yep. No, I have no problem with any emotion. You can, you can sit in your room and, and scream and cry. You can yeah. even throw yourself on the floor and I can even handle temper tantrums. Temper tantrums don't even bother me because I'm like, okay, let me know when you're done. It's the whiny voice that it's I can't nice. even. Well, I'll encourage you. You can stop it. We stopped Tucker's baby voice. We really did. Good. We did. Yeah. Well, we're working on it. Both, we both daddy to. and I are like, it, not happening. It takes a while because Tucker's whole identity was I'm the cute, adorable boy for a while. And I kept saying, we, this is not who you are because there will be a day when you're not cute. And now he's 10 <laughs> and I love him, but he's not as adorable. That's his birthday, buddy. I think he's pretty, pretty stinking wow, adorable. He so. is pretty adorable. Hey, talk a little bit more about the postpartum depression. What does that feel like for you? Um, so, because I think it's an important, I don't want to just gloss over that. I think that's important. Yeah, no. And I didn't mean to bring up a, like a heavy topic when we're talking no, about other no, things. This is, this, we get here. We just get here. We get where we get. So I think it's a really good thing to talk about. Um, it took a lot with Eleanor, um, with Eleanor, there was a day a couple weeks after she was born that my mom and my husband sat me down and said, we're really worried about you. This yeah. is really dangerous. Yeah. And not that I was going to hurt my child, what but you just what like, you, you know, you're a shell of yourself. Yeah. Um, I was, so my, my postpartum, um, mood disorder, if you want to call it that yeah, comes it is, more yeah. in the anxious form. Yep. More in the anxious form than the depressed form. So, um, for action. me action. with Eleanor, the depression, Yes, it's action. So the depression, I was kind of a shell of myself at the beginning. You know, I, I stumble my way through the day. In fact, I would tell you that I probably can't remember the first couple of months of Eleanor's life very well. There's not much I can remember very vividly. It feels very foggy to me. So the depression is more like a fog for me, but that anxiety, that anxiety, um, and, and it's all over a lot of times with me, it's related to safety issues. So with Eleanor, it was all fire related, which sounds really weird. Um, but I was very, very fearful that there would be a fire of some sort. So, you know, my husband and all of his 
Yep. And then, and then eventually that, you know, transferred from when I, it started when I was at the end of my pregnancy with the hormones, with the fire, I was always worried there was going to be a fire. And so, so my loving husband and all of his infinite wisdom and an effort to help me went through the house and put everything on power strips because I would go through, I would wake up. I'm not joking. I would wake up like two hours early every morning. So I could unplug every single thing in my house, like the microwave, the TV, yeah, I got it. every single thing. And then I would, really so, so he went through yeah, really yeah very obsessive. Yeah. And he would, he went through and put everything on power strips. So I just have one thing to unplug in, in every room, um, which was very sweet of him, although kind of enabled the behavior after Eleanor was. <laughs> uh oh, Dane. <laughs> Matt's like, let me help you with your addiction that isn't healthy. Let yes, me, exactly. Let me I mean, it was, it was out of love. And, and he was doing at the yeah, I think time, you know, he. He had no experience in this. And so at the time he was doing the best he knew how. Yeah, and exactly then um, right once that. Eleanor, when Eleanor was born, you know, Amy, Eleanor has had a lot of different medical things um, yeah. throughout yeah. her little childhood and, and kind of had a rough start. Eleanor was failure to grow. And so yeah. we know now that that was due to her sleep apnea and her deficient vitamin deficiencies that she had. But um, she, my anxiety safety related really transferred to her. Was she breathing at night? Because as a mama, there's something when you have this baby that just clicks and, and I'm not saying it's the same for everyone, but, um, I knew I kept saying to the doctors, something's not right in the way she's sleeping. I, it doesn't sound right to me as a mama. I, it doesn't sound right to me. And I finally videoed it and took it in and was like, listen to this. And the doctor was like, Oh no, that's not okay. That's not okay for a newborn. We're going to send her. So eventually we started getting testing done and found out she had the severe sleep apnea. I mean, she stopped breathing like, um, I think it was like, yeah, it was like her index was like 64 times and like a certain amount of minute period. It was a lot. And her oxygen level would drop below like 80%. So um, for me, my anxiety really transferred to making sure that she was awake or uh, alive at night, sleeping through the night should be restful to a, a new parent. It was not to me yeah. when she started sleeping through the night, I would obsessively get up and worry about her. Yeah. I worried about her catching colds. I would, so my anxiety really transferred to safety for her. And, um, I became very obsessive about all that. And, and I, I'm very grateful for my mom and my husband, part of my village who said, this is not a way to live a life. Dana. Well, it also is not sustainable. And I That's, don't, uh, I mean, I don't, I did not have, Ford did not have any health issues. He just he, I don't even talk about his labor. He just came out in one. Yeah. I don't even tell anybody. So I'm not going to be sharing, sharing how easy the delivery was, but, um, uh, Ford was totally fine. Yeah. My delivery with Eleanor, when people are like, Oh, I just gave a little push. I'm always like, yeah, 58, 58 hours. Horrible labor stories. And I didn't have one. So I just, I knew enough to be quiet, but anyway, but, um, I knew enough. Just don't, don't share any. But then, um, but with Ford, he was four months old and, um, we did like scheduled nap time. If he's crying, it's okay. I'm making sure he's fed and, and, and he, and, and I put him in his crib, but I literally checked on him during like middle of the day nap. Devin was at work. I checked on him. I don't know, like 10 or 12 times, something like that. Like some obsessive amount. And I, I completely was like, I can't. I can't do this. I can't live here. I can't be here. And I remember I just knelt on my face. I just like did face down on the carpet. And I said, Lord, you have got to help me. You have got to keep him alive. And I need, I can't worry this much. I can't live here. 
Yep. And I've had that, I've had that conversation a lot with God um, because I tend to to run and I, I do think probably I tend to run more anxious in general in life. And then I think, you know, well, you know, Eleanor's whole pregnancy was a high risk pregnancy and it was every, every um, appointment was an anxiety provoking appointment for me. So I think I had kind of set myself up for that anxiety to begin with that pattern of anxiety. But um, there was a point after my mom and my husband sat me down, I sought out counseling and um, the counselor at the time that I was seeing was an an older lady. And she was just, it was a really nurturing relationship, um, counseling relationship. And it was really good. And she was, she was a Catholic Christian. And she said to me um, one night, one day, she just said to me, Dana, why haven't you laid this at the cross? Yeah why haven't you laid this at the foot of the cross? And, um, mm-hmm. she said, I hear you, your, your faith is strong, Dana. So yeah, you God have to can help you. God can help you with this too. Yes. God wants to and, help you with this. Yeah. And I, and I said to her, you know, that's a hard thing for me. I wanted to dedicate Eleanor. The reason we waited until Eleanor was five months old to dedicate her was because I honestly did not feel I could with integrity stand before the church and say that I had surrendered my child to God until I had actually surrendered my child to God. And it's such and an I, and important it's, thing to do. It's such an important thing to do. And I want to, I just want to say, um, we have to keep doing it all the time. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, yes, it's a one-time thing, but man, is it a daily thing. Mm-hmm. And when I came to like, when I came to that conclusion, that, that balance of like, this will be a one-time big sanctifying moment for me to say, God, I give you my child, no matter what that looks like. Even if that looks like I get two months with her you know, absolutely. Um, absolutely. There is, you a know, moment and you will be, you will be thankful at some level that you had to do that for her and look at her. I don't know how to say this. I'm just going to, when we dealt with Ford's illness and it was, it, it was a, it was an extreme reality that he would die. Yep. Um, I had to say to myself, um, I would have never not wanted to meet him. Yeah. So if, and how, if he yeah. dies at four, I don't know how I'm going to get through that. God, I have no idea how I'm going to get through that. But if he, I don't, I would never wanted not to meet him. So you're going to have to help me. And it was this moment. It was, that and it, moment. you know, it's interesting because, um, I, I can't, I mean, I walked through Ford's illness with you guys and I, you I so saw that struggle. During that. I saw horrible. that struggle. It was horrible. And, um, it was horrible. I will tell you, you were such a part of my village. The funny thing about that whole deal, the the interesting dynamic there, Devin was better with the doctors. I wanted them to fix it and they weren't acting fast enough. And I was like, Devin's like, Amy, you're ticking everybody off. I'm like, I don't give a crap. I'm this boy's mama. I don't care. That yes. guy's go cry in there. Like, hear me roar. I was yeah. like, I was just raw. I was angry. I think I was just angry. I was angry. And then you were misresearched on the disease. And I'm like, Dana, I don't want to get to know this stupid disease. I want this disease gone. <laughs> like, you're like, Amy, this is how the disease is. I don't care. I don't want to be friends with this stupid disease. <laughs> but everything. But he dealt with it so differently. And I just, when I'm looking at my son now, um, I don't know what his next step is. He's just, he comes up with a new life plan every week. And um, I love him. I I think I, I I it's just hilarious. And it's still that.